From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Tuesday, September 14th, the year of 2021. We are just a week away from Ryder Cup week, and you will be able to see all of it from first uh, tee shot to last putt from dawn until dusk um, on Golf Channel and NBC, and a part of that coverage is... John Wood, who has also caddied in six Ryder Cups, uh, including the victorious 2008 team alongside Hunter Mahan. John, welcome to Teeing It Up. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. And uh, you can, as I said, watch it on Golf Channel NBC all week with additional coverage on Peacock and the Ryder Cup and RyderCup.com. I want to start here uh, because it's interesting. You are the newest on-course reporter for Golf Channel, uh, Golf Channel and NBC, and you came on at the start of 2021 and were a hit with fans from almost the get-go, which is very rare in TV. Has it felt the same way for you, and what has 2021 been like from Maui until now? You know, I've had a great, great time. Um I've enjoyed it a lot more than I initially thought I would. This is going back five years when we, when we did it at RSM. Um, and it's just been, it's been a blast. I, you know, I still loved Caddian. Um, you know, I, I still could have done it for a while longer, I think. Um, but this opportunity came about, and I, I was just ready for a change, you know. 24 years caddying, and I definitely miss, miss certain aspects of that. But um, gosh, I've I've really enjoyed it this year, and uh, you know Tommy Roy, the, the producer, has been extremely helpful, as has everybody on the team. And, and uh, you know the one thing everybody says is just try and be yourself. So that's all I'm trying to do out there is be myself. And it's resonated. Um, people have liked the stories. People have liked the insight. So uh, so far, so good. Now, in the 17 years of teeing it up, you are the first on-course reporter to come on this show. And thus, I get to finally ask an on-course reporter the biggest question I have always wanted to ask an on-course reporter, which is, you go from one group, and let's say group A is Max Homa and Bryson, and they're just not having a good day, and Tommy tells you, hey, Ricky Fowler over there, you know, go cover that group. How do you go from one group to another and start the conversation with Joe Scovron to get the clubs from the caddy? Because that group went from having no on-course reporter to now having somebody. Sure. Um, in, in the case of Joe, it would be pretty easy because he's a good friend and, and it would be easy to kind of walk up to him. Usually those guys, as soon as they see you, um, they know what you're there for and they will start giving you clubs without really having a prompt. Um, it's just part of the deal, you know, you see the camera show up, you see the guy with the microphone, and all of a sudden you know, okay, we're on TV, and, um, you know, luckily, I know most of these guys fairly well, and they'll all start right away as soon as I get there. Um, a lot of times I can pretty much guess what they're hitting just by the looks of it and the, and the, and the, the shot they're about to hit, but, you know, most of the caddies I know very well, and, um, you know, they want to help you out. They, as long as you're not getting in their way um, and interfering with their job, they want to help you out, so uh, it's been pretty easy. Well, that's good, um, and that's fascinating because, you know, you're walking up there, and 
you know, Tommy's expecting something, and the fact that you guys have all that rapport in the caddy barn, and and then are able to translate that on on to TV is super impressive. John Wood with us here on teeing it up. Um, Super quick question on something that, that came out today, which is Patrick Cantlay over John Rahm for Player of the Year. We obviously hope to see this in a singles match. It, it's a blind draw. Who knows what will happen. Who would you have voted for if they handed you you know, one of those sheets of paper? Boy, it was so close, and I, I think I would probably vote for Cantlay just because of the four wins. And I know John would have had three, you know, counting Memorial, um, and that would have taken one off of Patrick's ledger, um, including the U.S. Open. So it was so close between those two. Um, you know, I don't think you could have gone wrong either way, but I think I probably would have voted for Cantlay just because of how he ended the year. But, um, boy, it would have been such a tough vote knowing the year that, that Rom had with the major thrown in. So um, really not a bad choice between those two. John is on to talk the Ryder Cup, which we're all excited about. Um, so, you know, here it is a week away, whistling straights. Uh, you have both, um, you know, I, I think on air and off air. And, and by the way, folks, go to GolfChannel.com and read the first person article John wrote about his Olympic experience. Uh, it's fascinating. And, and what you and Cooch did back in 2016 to win that bronze on Sunday was fantastic. But you have called this the the greatest caddy experience you've had. Um, From a caddy perspective, why so? That's a big, bold statement to make from somebody who's caddied for, you know, huge upper echelon players and, and, and has seen a lot and has won a lot in your career. Are you talking about Ryder Cups specifically? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, the best I can explain it is is like this. I, you know, I grew up playing Little League Baseball, and, and baseball was my first love. I love being part of a team. Um, I love caddying, um, but week in, week out, it is basically your player and you. Um, you know, and you root for your friends here and there, but you're not really, you know, paying strict attention. It's, it's basically you and your player. Um, you get to those weeks, and all of a sudden, you are in a room all week long with 11 of the greatest caddies in the world, 12 of the greatest players in the world, assistants and captains, and everybody's pulling on the same rope. And you only get to do that, if you're lucky, you get to do it once a year, you know, either Ryder Cup or President's Cup. Um, and once you've done it once, you just hate being out of that room. You hate missing them. Uh, because you just don't get that opportunity to bond and to, um, you know, share stories and share critiques of holes or strategies, things like that. You just don't get to do that week in, week out on tour. So to have that week where everybody's staying in the same place, everybody's eating at the same place, you're spending, you know, 18 hours a day together, um, you just don't get that experience. And I love that. I love match play anyways, but put me in match play, you know, basically caddying for your country. Um, And it just means a whole a whole lot to me. It's, it's by far my favorite event. And I'm going to miss caddying in it this year for sure. Hmm. It's interesting because with this U.S. team, we have the whole Brooks Bryson dynamic. Now, we don't know Brooks Kepka's status. Again, we're uh, recording this at 6.07 Eastern on September 14th. By the time some folks listen to this, even though I'm going to publish it later today or tomorrow, uh, Brooks may have withdrawn from, from uh, 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 for all we know. Um, I'm not sure anybody knows what his status is currently. But if he does go ahead and if he is in that team room, you've been in these team rooms, 
can they really get along for one week? Is a one-week truce realistic inside the U.S. team room? Yeah, it is. Um, I think everybody, I think Stricker has probably spoken to them both and, and everybody really and said, hey, you know, this is one week where you don't have to be best friends, but you certainly can't be, you know, you, you, you can't be enemies. Um, you can ignore each other. You can kind of stay away from each other. That's fine. But, you know, you can't cause ruckus and you can't have guys wasting energy on you. Um, it's a very selfish move. So I think both of them, if Brooks ends up playing, both of them will be very cordial. And I don't think there'll be any any sort of um, controversy or anything. I don't think you'll hear one word about it during the week. Um, and there's, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there's there's guys on the European team that don't necessarily love each other. Right. But they, they, they find a way to get along that week and pull on the same rope, so uh, I don't see any reason why the U.S. can't do the same. Um, it is fascinating how Europe... We, we never hear any kind of this person was bickering at this person type stories coming out of Ryder Cups, wins or losses. We, we, we seem to always hear that for the U.S., and we never seem to hear that from Europe. And, and maybe that's part of their secret for why they've dominated this thing since 91, and especially since 99. Yeah, it's a lot easier to be happy when you're winning. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I will say that, you know, when we won in, in 08 and 16, I don't think you heard anything about bickering or, or it's just a matter of winning. And I don't think yeah. those teams rooms were any different than, than other ones I've been in where we lost. Uh, John Wood uh, with us here on Teeing It Up. Six-time Ryder Cup U.S. caddy and also Golf Channel NBC on course reporter who, um, who will be out there at Whistling Straits uh, next week. A couple weeks ago was the Solheim Cup, and Stacy Lewis was the first-time assistant captain, and she posted four observations, the fourth of which was, quote, I thought days were long as a player, but they are even longer as a captain. As a caddy... A, how long is that week? And B, for the folks out there who may not know, what all occurs during this week? Because if I'm not mistaken, there's there's not only the opening ceremony, there's uh, uh, some kind of gala, there's some sponsorship things, or some kind of you know f- you know things at night you do. What kind of a week is this f- uh, for the caddies out there? You know, for the caddies, it's a little different. We don't have to the nightly galas. We don't have to attend any of those, which is great. Uh, the, the week is long and then short. And mm. let me explain that. Um, basically, we're, we typically start events on Thursdays. So, you know, you'll play a practice round Tuesday, Pro-Am Wednesday, you're ready to go. Um, these don't, the Ryder Cup doesn't start till Friday. So you've got an extra day in there already. Um, so, you know, most guys... I, I, I got to think most guys will start on Tuesday. There'll probably be a few out there on Monday. But, uh, you know, you've got three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, to prepare. So that's one extra day already. You're preparing with partners, which you don't ever do. So you're trying to figure out, okay, what does your golf ball do if we're going to play with you? What what sh- what areas do you like? Um, do you like a certain yardage? Do you like to chip rather than hit bunker shots. So you're doing a lot extra work, a lot of extra work trying to learn your, your potential partner's games because when you get out there an alternate shot, you really want to know what he likes and what he's going to prefer rather than try and find out that information, you know, when you're hitting the shot. It's better to talk over that, you know, in the, in the previous three days. Once Friday starts, it is the, the week you blink and it's literally over. Because you're going 36 holes, hopefully, you know, 
Friday and Saturday, but those matches go so fast, you, you just can't believe it. You don't have time to really catch your breath. So, you know, hopefully 36 Friday, 36 Saturday, and all of a sudden you're thinking, holy cow, I only got about, you know, maybe 15 or 16 holes left in the Ryder Cup. So it's very slow to get started, but once it starts, it's over in a heartbeat. Um, as far as caddies goes, our week is a lot more relaxed. Uh, we, we tend to hang out at the hotel a lot. We usually have a team room back at the hotel and, you know, some ping pong tables. And, and uh, while, while the players have some responsibilities um, in terms of dinners and galas, things like that, we don't. We kind of just hang out, stay casual, stay loose, and uh, just have a good time hanging out with each other. Sounds like your most exciting night then is Sunday after uh, things are over and then the party's really on. <laughs> well, it depends on the outcome. Fair point. I, I, I've had two good parties and uh, a few where I uh, just just avoided uh, stayed up in my room. So, uh, but yeah, if, if it's a, if it's a W, the Sunday night is is, uh, is a blast. Well, let's talk about one of the good ones. Um, if you like this conversation, and, and if you like John Wood, or if you like the 08 U.S. Ryder Cup team, or if you like Paul Azinger. Uh, Cracking the Code comes up Monday, September 20th at 9 Eastern on Golf Channel. You'll see John as a part of that. He was Hunter Mahan's caddy that week. And the reason why I bring this up in the context of this Ryder Cup is that team had a whole bunch of Ryder Cup rookies, and this team has a whole bunch of Ryder Cup rookies. Now, it's very hard for me to say that, you know, uh, gold medalist Xander Schauffele is a rookie. Um, that's not how I'm viewing him. But when you think back to 08 and the formula that worked that week, and then you think to this U.S. team and the captain's picks that Steve Stricker made, going with, for example, Scotty Scheffler over who I would have gone with, which was Kevin Na or Patrick Reed, um, is there a similarity here? Am I on to something, or is this two different deals in your mind? No, there's definitely a similarity. Uh, another one is uh, no Tiger. You know, yeah. Tiger was hurt in 08. Um, and I think guys, you know, initially were, were I think there's still, you know, you always want Tiger around. I mean, Tiger's just great to have in the team room, great guy to have around. But I think when he wasn't there in 08, all of a sudden, I think guys kind of looked at each other like, all right, we got a lot of slack to pick up. And they really kind of bonded over it. Um I think there is definitely something to it in terms of the rookies. And what's fun about rookies is they they don't have the experience, but it seems like a lot of our experience is losing. So I'm not sure how great that experience is to bring into a team room. Um, here's, a, here's a big thing that nobody talks about. Rookies at home are not rookies because you're going to have fans rooting for you. Uh, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley played unbelievable in a very partisan uh, President's Cup down in Melbourne. So when you're a rookie playing at home, I don't think it's that big of a deal. When you're a rookie playing on the road, it's a whole different kettle of fish. And I think that's why you, you saw some rookies picked as captain's picks instead of maybe some more experienced guys like, like Patrick Reed or Webb Simpson. Uh, because when you're at home, it's just it's not nearly as tough to play. A Ryder Cup on the road is brutal for both teams. So I think uh, the fact that we've got more rookies will just bring nothing but uh, exuberance to the team rather than, than nerves and, or anxiety. I think it'll bring excitement. That's a great point because if I'm not mistaken, 
this is similar to the Solheim Cup, where it's going to be majority U.S. fans more than usual because of COVID travel restrictions, where the only European fans, on, 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 unless there's been a change since the Solheim Cup, would be European fans who live in the U.S. or people associated with the team who are traveling as part of their travel contingent from Europe uh, to the U.S. So this may be even more of a pro-U.S. crowd than normal, which would help those U.S. rookies. Yeah, it definitely will. Um, you know, it takes away from the event a little bit. I, I would prefer that I wish, you know, European fans were here. Uh, it's always a blast on those first tees when you get the opposing stands going against each other. And, um, you know, the, the guys that come over here from Europe are incredible fans. They've got great songs. They're very passionate. Um, and it adds, it adds to the overall atmosphere. So, you know, I know they weren't there at the Solheim Cup. Somehow, somehow, I think they're going to be there at the Ryder Cup. I think there's going to be a fairly good contingent out there. A sneaking suspicion of some who would probably happily pass any quarantine rules and not make their <laughs> way um, to Whistling Straits. You know, what I find interesting about what Europe did um, with their captain's picks is they went vets. You know, and and it's hard to argue against Sergio and Ian Poulter. Um, there's an argument to be made that Sergio Garcia is a Hall of Famer purely off his Ryder Cup record, and then you throw in a players and a Masters, and and I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer when his time comes. Um, when you look at a team that's got some guys, you know, um, who are new to this on the Europe side and are new to this in the sense of, you know, um, you know, there's only one rookie, uh, uh, sorry, three rookies, Wiesberger, uh, uh, Victor Hovland, and Shane Lowry, um, but Shane's a major champion. Um, but what I think is interesting about this, this European team is I would argue that the Americans are on better form coming in. This is the same statement we made before the Solheim Cup. And you look at all these side-by-side stats, and it's pro-U.S., 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 uh, 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 pro-U.S. And for the women, it was a European victory. Did Padre Carrington, in your opinion, um, shore up this European squad enough with getting Sergio and Poulter, those two vets, onto this squad? I think so, yeah. Um, I think Sergio was an obvious pick. Um, he had a great playoff run. He, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, I think Sergio was an obvious pick. He's so tough in these situations, as has Poulter in the past. Um, I, I, I had a sneak, I had a suspicion that, that Podrick was going to pick Poulter because he said, as long as he has two legs that week, I'm going to pick him. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, he hasn't had the greatest year, and I think Ian would... would be the first to admit that he didn't have the year that he wanted to have. That being said, somehow the guy gets in these things and he becomes a different player. It's just, it's phenomenal. Um, and you, you can look at stats and you can look at form, but once that peg goes in the ground on Friday, um, you, you kind of can toss it all out because it's, it's so much about momentum. Um, you get out to a good start and you think, okay, We've got it this week. We're just going to keep rolling, keep rolling. You get off to a shaky start, you start pressing. Everybody on the team starts pressing. You start trying to do things you're not capable of. Um, so, but I, I, I think um, you know what we were talking about: home versus away. I wasn't surprised at Padres picks just because of that. Going on the road, 
you know, if, if they were in Europe this year, who knows? Maybe he picks, you know, somebody else. I don't know. But um, I think you had to take some experience coming to a hostile, you know, American crowd. So, um, uh, you know, I, I was a little bit surprised at Poulter, but not really knowing what, um, what Padraig had said. Between just those two guys, 15 Ryder Cups and 63 matches played, it's hard to argue against that yeah. when you need to shore up the bottom part of your roster. Um, uh, John, uh, John Woods with us here on Teeing It Up, former Ryder Cup caddy, now works for um, uh, 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 Golf Channel NBC, and you'll see him all next week from uh, from Whistling Straits uh, for the Ryder Cup coverage from dawn to dusk, Friday through Sunday of next week on Golf Channel and NBC. John, I, I, I think it's sometimes when we look at the golf course and people say Whistling Straits is more of a European or Linksy type feel than a U.S. course, you know, that's hosted past Ryder Cups. But my take is that ultimately this is going to come down to fairways and greens and who gets the ball in the hole faster. Do you think the fact that this is a unique venue in a unique place, Kohler, Wisconsin, and, and you don't know what late September weather could be and how cool some of these mornings could be, do you think that plays into Europe's hands? Or as somebody who's been inside the ropes, once that first peg is in, it's just golf and it doesn't matter where it is? Yeah, I don't think there's a huge advantage either way. Um, I think... What tends to happen, we saw it, you know, in Paris, we saw it in 16 at, at Hazeltine. Um, when Americans set up the course, they set up less rough, wider fairways, because we have a, a distinct distance advantage. We want guys to hit driver, um, and we try and get the greens as fast as possible, typically. Um, in Europe, completely the opposite. You've got, in Paris, you had really, really thick, rough, tight fairways. Um, you know, maybe some slower greens, which which I think Europeans in general are better at. We're better at, at you know bombing it and, and fast greens. So I think you know captains have, have really tried to to seize that advantage in, in course setup. Um, the one thing that Europe does that I think is is smart is they tend to go to their tour sites. Um, so you know when they they go to a course, well they played a, an event on there for, for the last five years, or um, you know it's a, it's a normal. European PGA Tour event. When we come to America, the PGA of America is in charge, which isn't the PGA Tour, so we tend to go to, to major sites. And that being said, major sites are, are kind of equal. We don't really have a huge advantage because everybody in Europe has played Whistling Straits about as much as everybody in America has. So it's not, not as distinctive advantage as, as maybe Europe has using their, their, some of their tour courses. Um, but I think that in the setup, it'll, it'll favor the Americans in terms of course knowledge. I don't think there'll be any favorite at all out there. Uh, we're going to go off the Ryder Cup with the last question, but with the third to last question, I will ask you, um, who's the guy on each side that we haven't mentioned yet who folks out there should be looking for next week? That's a great question. Um, boy. Have I stumped John Wood? <laughs> I, I just, I'm trying to get the right answer here. Um, I think Europe, you, you look at Victor Hovland. I think he's going to be, I think he's, he's, He's going to be fantastic in this format. He's young. He's young. He's fit. He plays in America all the time, so he's used to it. 
Um, he can play all five matches if need be, and the, the guy just doesn't have a weakness in his game. So I would, uh, even though he's a rookie, I would think that uh, Victor Hovland would, would be a, a huge part of that that European team. Um, America's, let me think here. Who do who do I see coming out as a standout? I think Jordan's going to play great. That's not a real surprise, uh, but I think Jordan and and. I think that team of Jordan and um, Justin Thomas is fantastic. I think they both love the event. It means a lot to them. Um, and they're both just crazy competitors. And uh, I think that pairing, if the U.S. is going to be successful, I think you're going to need, you know, two and a half to three points out of that pairing. I, I thought that it said the world when Jordan said that JT told him he would quit the team if uh, Spieth wasn't picked. Uh, so I was not surprised to see his face pop up last week. Yeah, felt pretty good about the, about him being a pick. Yeah, uh, I, so. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say two things about two guys quickly. One is Tony Finau. I think that having one now, there's a big weight off his shoulders, and he can just go and play golf, and I think he's going to have a big 21-22 season besides just having a uh, good Ryder Cup. And um, with Colin Morikawa, I've had the pleasure of, of, um, of, of writing an article with his coach, uh, uh, Dr. Rick Sessinghouse for PGA Magazine. And the whole premise of the conversation Rick and I had was about the mental side of the game and what brought Colin the confidence to hit driver off 16 at Harding Park last year when he hadn't uh, tried to drive that green the entire week. And I think even though he's a rookie, I think mentally he'll be really strong next week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I watched him a little bit at the, at the Tour Championship. Um, any back issues he did have, he looked like they were gone towards the end of the week. He was walking great and swinging you know, full. So I think any issues he had um, will be gone. I think he'll, there'll be 11 guys lined up to play with him uh, because he's another guy, just every fairway, every green, so solid. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Morikawa and, and, you know, Tony Finau, um, he played fantastic in France. We played with him. Cooch played with him at, the, at Royal Melbourne. Played fantastic down there. So um, I think that's a great call on your part. John Wood with us here on Teeing It Up. All right, John, you are a first-time Teeing It Up guest, which means you have to play this game, like it or not. Okay. Um, which is every first-time guest, I ask a random question. It's not personal. Um, and but it's just a random question that you have no idea what's coming. Okay. We all know that Amy Brockerstedt had uh, the moment I think of the year from a, a, a fan perspective a couple of years ago when she, when she parred the uh, 16th hole at Waste Management in that pro am and and you were there and and that moment is just extraordinary. So we're going to not include her in this. What is, because everybody probably asks you what the worst shot you've ever seen from an amateur is. <laughs> what is the best shot besides Amy's par that you have seen in all your years caddying in a pro-am? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That is going to be tough. Um, I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you what, what it was, I think. One of my first years caddying, I, I started with Kevin Sutherland. And um, we, we, our amateur partner at AT&T was a gentleman named Bill Gross. And Bill was just a lovely guy. And, you know, not the best player in the world, but he was a joy to be around. He played fast. Uh, just a lot of fun to be around. Um, 
on Saturday one year, he made a big putt at the end, and it looked like we were going to make the cut, but you never know as a team, you know, as a, as a two-man right. team. So Bill, Bill makes this long, snaking putt, and we're not sure if he's making the cut at all. Um, later, later that night, there's a bunch of teams tied, so I guess they card match, and ends up Bill is moving on. So that putt that Bill made, uh, he, he was – we're getting ready to fly home, literally walking onto the plane when somebody called him and said, you're in and you're playing with Tiger Woods tomorrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that was probably the most meaningful putt. Uh, so he got to play, you know, on Sunday at Pebble Beach with Tiger Woods, and uh, that was probably the most meaningful shot I've ever seen. That's, wow, that is a heck of yeah. a story. I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime. Um, yep. I've, you know, I've, I've gotten to watch Tiger in person a couple of times. I, I uh, met him when his master's book came out, and... I was in awe then. I would not, and I've never been inside the ropes with him, obviously. I cannot even imagine what it's like your first time inside the ropes. And as a player, getting to talk to him, yet you want to stay out of the way because that's the instructions for the amateurs come Sunday. So, I mean, like, oh my God, wow. That is a heck of a story and a heck of an experience. All right, John Wood went in. U.S. viewers, next Friday, tune in at 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific on Golf Channel to, to uh, begin their watching of the Ryder Cup. I'm not sure if you want to or are allowed to make a prediction. So if you are, you can make a prediction. If not, come noon Eastern on Sunday when NBC gets on the air, how close will this thing be? It'll be close. Um no matter what the score, there's always a point on Sunday where you look at the board and, and you can have a four or five point lead. It doesn't matter. There's always a point on Sunday when you look at the board and go, oh man, this is, this is going to come down to this. Um, so regardless of what the score is, I don't see either team blowing, blowing somebody out here. They're too equally matched. They're too, they're too, you know, 24 great players and, and I just can't see somebody getting hot enough to blow the other team out. I think it's going to be very tight, and you know, hopefully, it comes down to those last four or five matches and singles. That's when that's when the Ryder Cup is at its best. I hope so too. Um, as as much as I, you know, would love to see a, a U.S. win, I just want it competitive on singles Sunday because I will go up against anybody on this. There is no better um, theme song to fit the moment than the. Uh, Golf Channel NBC Ryder Cup theme song and Ryder Cup single Sunday. There's just something about that moment. Ooh. I, I am getting goosebumps and it's over a week away. Um, <laughs> John Wood is the uh, six-time Ryder Cup um, caddy, uh, former caddy, including for Hunter Mahan and for Matt Kuchar in the 08 and 16 victorious U.S. Ryder Cups. He will be with Golf Channel NBC next week on the ground as an on-course reporter. All week coverage on Golf Channel moving to NBC over the weekend. He is also featured in Cracking the Code, the backstory on the 08 Ryder Cup team. Uh, that's an all-new documentary that premieres Monday, September 20th at 9 Eastern on Golf Channel. John, this was a pleasure. Thank you for taking 30 minutes out of your day to come on Teeing It Up. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Jeremy. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, thank you, John. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. My Twitter is at jshill, and I, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Teeing It Up.